everybody. Welcome to BO Boys for Monday, February 21st. Fuck it. It's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. And Pat, we're here on this special long weekend to celebrate Mm -hmm. great men. And not the great men you're thinking about, but the great men who showed up and took the box office to an unexpected high. And we'll get to those men after we do a plow. All right. Do this one for old Abe himself, Clayton. Plow away. President's Day weekend plow. So, number one, Uncharted had a three-day of $44.1 million in a, fu- a four-day. See, I- I'm already a four-day. A 51. Mm-hmm. See, I'm doing something different, and I, 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 it's hard for me to do different things. Yeah, you're you're no Jeff Bach of Exhibitor Relations Co., but we all knew that, so it's okay. Just keep keep plowing along. Exactly. Number two, dog. Three-day, $15.1 million, and a four-day of $18 million. Number three, Spider-Man No Way Home, made in its three-day. million, a 4% drop. It had a four-day of $8.8 million. It is now in its 10th weekend at $771.7 million. Wow. Number four, Death on the Nile had a three-day of $6.25 million, down 51%. It had a four-day of $7.1 million. It is now totaling, after two weeks, $25.9 million. Number five, Jackass Forever had a three-day of $5.2 million, down only 35%, and a four-day of $6.2 million. It is now at $47.7 million in its third weekend. That is your top five. Great plow. You really, you, you turn things around after that initial stumble. And uh, I mean, Clayton, this this weekend was just an incredible story. I mean, I just have to say the enthusiasm that I am seeing from the movie community after this weekend, after what Uncharted did, after what Dog did is incredible and it you know we we've said this before movies are back but is this the weekend maybe more than any other in the last year where it really did feel that way that that movies are completely back it felt it felt that way because of overperforming mhm mhm when it came to two movies not just one Yes. And I think that was the big surprise where usually it has been during the pandemic that one movie kind of takes everybody's attention. And Mm -hmm. that's the movie everybody Mm -hmm. goes sees. And then the movies underneath it, it's either the demo didn't come out for it or whatever. Like there's always a reason why that movie didn't do well. Mm -hmm. And you're sitting here with Uncharted, which overperformed in the three day and the four day. Ending mm-hmm. up at fifty-one million for that four-day, and then you get Dog, 
which we all we That's both had one. coming in at number two, but I don't think either of us had it as high as this. Maybe you. No, you were, I th- you were very high on this movie. I think I was lower on this movie. Well, well, I I actually came closest on both of these. I I did think Uncharted and Dog would do well, and what seemed like overestimates from me at the time. You know, I had Uncharted's three day coming in at thirty eight million. That was my prediction, and the three day was forty four. I think I had Dog's three day around 12 Mm -hmm. and it ended up being 15 yeah so i was high on both but still wasn't high enough because these overperformed to that level i mean we'll talk about i think the thing with dog that i predicted that is seems to be bearing out is that a like we talked about when we dissected channing tatum's box office run last week channing tatum he just took a little break of his own accord, but he has remained as much a movie star as ever. So I think I got that. But I would say the thing I got with Dog was it it really played to the Patriots and it played to the religious in a, in a way. You know, it was a uh, it was a movie for the Heartland, for the Plain Billies, for the Stack Dwellers, and that really bared out. But yeah, the religious Let's... element was the element that I didn't give as much stock to, not because they aren't a force when it comes to going mm-hmm. out to specific films. I didn't see the correlation here right? with this, right. but you did. But I did, although this weekend it really did hit you because you texted me something that showed that we all should have seen this coming with dog, which is that Clayton, what is dog spelled backwards? Dog spelled backwards is God. Yes. And yes. And that's why I feel like a lot of dog films are aimed towards the religious market because mm-hmm. there is that sort of who who was man's best friend? Dog. Yeah. Yeah. Who was God's I mean, best I mean, friend? Look- man. Right? So mm-hmm. It's it it, mm-hmm. it all fits together. You had one. It all makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You had one. Um, and, American and, underdog. Yes, yes, that was that was an overperformer from the end of the year. American underdog, and when you really break it down, what is it? America under God. Yes. So it, it always made sense. We should have saw this coming. It was right in front of our face. We'll get to dog in a bit, but I think you nailed it. The thing that makes this weekend so special is that there were two movies that are that opened big, that opened overperforming, and it's the first time in a while that we've had this kind of variety at the box office, at least in in an opening weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's like that's why the Spider-Man No Way Home, even though that movie did you know was going to hit 800 million and it's one of the biggest movies of all time there was this worry underneath it where that movie just felt like an outlier you know that people would come out for that but they weren't really coming out for the movies they were coming out just to do their yearly spider-man pilgrimage Mm -hmm. and this weekend uncharted making so much money dog making so much money this really feels like people go into the movies 
for the sake of going to a movie. Because Uncharted, it's not it's not part of a connected universe, though it's it's definitely about to become a franchise. And Dog is like we talked about. It is an old-fashioned movie star hanging out with a dog movie. There's no IP. There's no connected universe. There's no... There's going to be a stinger in the the end credits of Dog that tell you what the X-Men are going to do next. You know, this was just people this weekend deciding to go see what was playing at the movies, see what interests them, and go into the movies in a big way. And for two movies that were just, for the hell of it, old-fashioned movies. Yeah, so we'll get to why people showed up for Dog when we talk about mm-hmm. Dog, but let's cover Uncharted. This is yeah, another this is success from Sony. Yeah, they're doing great. And higher budget than they usually go, but lower budget than a lot of other uh, companies will go to, right? I think it's $120 mm-hmm. million. Dollars. Now, the thing is, this yeah. is a, I was looking into it. Uncharted is one of the most successful video game franchises ever the two characters okay. being played by tom holland and mark Wahlberg are beloved characters okay so they're mario luigi level characters at this for point. young people for for people younger than us and and probably people i mean probably our age and older because everybody plays video games it seems like except right. for us nowadays so there right. is a, a draw for this film in that mm-hmm. capacity but you don't get 51 million for day just with the video game players. You get no. people who came here to see Tom Holland. You get mm-hmm. people here to see Mark Wahlberg. You get people here to see a what looks like family-friendly action-adventure film. Yes. And here's before we get to this, I, I'm hearing a lot of things about Tom Holland, and we need to dispel these things about Tom Holland off the bat. And Do you want to myth bust or do you want to cut the shit right now? Uh, I guess we could myth bust because cut the shit is like very aggressive. And I think it's yeah, one of these things yeah. where p- people get this thing into their head and they, and they don't do the research to debunk it themselves. Mm-hmm. Everybody's saying mm-hmm. Tom Holland is unsuccessful at the box office when he's not Spider-Man. And yes, you can say that, but we looked at his box office track record last episode. Go back there. We'll, we did. It, that's where it's detailed. If yes. you actually look at it, he has not had a shot. He hasn't had a legitimate shot at carrying a movie that would be a crowd pleaser. This isn't a guy mm-hmm. that that was like Ryan Reynolds who had a lot of shots at big blockbusters. He did small movies that were only on streamer. He did Chaos Walking, which was released during a weird time during the pandemic. So everybody who's saying that this guy is a flop in anything but Spider-Man, he hasn't gotten a shot. And we said no. last episode, this was his first real shot. And look what he did. Yeah. No, he, he, I would say at this point, honestly, he's one for one in terms of non Spider Man, big 
blockbuster movies that ever had a chance of being a hit. Because something like Chaos Walking was a dark movie. It was never going to be anything. This was the one. And this is unprecedented success this weekend. Uncharted is an unprecedented success for Tom Holland. And the other thing I want to say is let's not go the other end and say okay. that he's a star now. He He's not... He's not a star yet. This is on his road to movie stardom. Mm-hmm. He's definitely a guy that puts butts in the seats. Now we know this. But he does have to have something else here in order to make him a star. I think that's reasonable. I mean, I think he's as much of a movie star right now as he possibly could be based on the chances he's had. You know, the Spider-Man movies all worked to levels that even above what those movies normally would do. Uncharted has worked to a level above what anyone would have expected. So he couldn't be doing any more than he's done. I agree with at that. At this point. I agree. But he's not done yet. He's obviously not done yet. He's a, let's not, let's not say Tom Holland is Tom Cruise. You know, two Toms are, are not created equal. Yeah. So, and the other thing before we get to this too, is that, and you, and you have a little bit, you were reading, you know, in the in the green room, we were talking about Scott Mendelson wrote about this film mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. was writing about the video game jinx. This is something that we also said last episode. It's right. over. That That's no longer a thing. And media outlets continuously. And these are people that follow the business. These are not just people who are writing about. Pete Davidson and 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 Yee, and then also writing about right, movies. These right. are people that movie writing is their job. Are are right, right. These are not theater critics. These are not you know uh, they're they're not writing about off Broadway shows. They're writing about movies, and yet they keep saying something about a video game curse. Well, well, because the thing is, and we said this prior too, is that it took a it took a while for comic book movies to take hold. And comic books mm-hmm. as a thing had been around for a long, long time before you had something like Batman. And even then, Batman came out. But for every Batman, you had a Rocketeer. Right. Or the Phantom. Right. So it's all about finding the right properties to make into movies. And the video mm-hmm. game companies and the movie studios are figuring it out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so now we don't have to talk about how video game movies don't open and how they never will and how wh- why Hollywood always gets them wrong. Now, there's going to be a contingent of video game players, huge Uncharted fans that are going to say, well, Tom Holland isn't uh, it, it doesn't live up to the video game character and neither does Wahlberg. But you're always going to get that for anything. I think what this shows is that the regular public is willing to see a movie like this based on a video game. And it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It, it's not a turnoff. I mean, there was definitely a time, you know, early 90s and something like the Super Mario Brothers movie comes out. And it's not even a just about that movie being bad. It is the fact that moviegoers of that time did not want to mix video games and movies. It, it it felt vile to them, and they rejected it. And that is obviously not the case with the people who go to movies now. They let it mix. The video game 
adaptations are 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 not something that turn them because off. it's so much more integrated into people's lives now than it used to be right 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 people are walking around with vr helmets in their day-to-day life so the idea of a video game movie at a movie theater that that that's not going to turn them off anymore mm-hmm. you know they, they're looking at life th- through uh video game glasses all day now we're talking about holland and we were we were texting about this mm-hmm. yesterday because we're always on the job yeah. And this is big for him, but it's also big for Hollywood because when a guy mm-hmm. like this can be newly minted as an emerging star, which is what I'll call him. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, scripts that were sitting getting dust, original IPs, original uh not original IPs, but possible IPs in the future, but original ideas mm-hmm. that are sitting there waiting for a lead, waiting for somebody who can be attached to it in order to make mm-hmm. it into a movie. Those people are going to benefit when something like this does well with someone like Tom Holland. Because mm-hmm. if he's able to pluck something, he has that name and he has that credibility at the box office to make something happen that normally wouldn't. And I think that's mm-hmm. why when we see something like this happen, even though it's based on a video game, which is a very popular IP, it's still not a superhero movie. So you'll get he might get a shot at something like a free guy. Yes. Where yes. it's that type of. Movie, yeah, yeah. Where it is like uh, it's based on video game concept of video games, but not an actual video game. You had a really good idea for him is he's got to do some uh, uh, like a comic sci-fi type back to the future type film would be huge. I mean, for I him. think I think he's a guy who Tom Holland really feels like the type of possible movie star that we have not had in a while, you know, because even though he's also coming out of the Marvel superhero factory, like all of the Chris's. He has got so much more possibility for success than your Chrissy Hemmies, than your Chris Pines, than your Chris Evans, who I like. I mean, I think Chris Evans has done great stuff since uh, hanging up Captain America's shield. But Tom Holland really has the chance to be the kind of movie star that you had in the 80s and 90s if he gets the right vehicles. You know, you really can't see him being the aw shucks comedy action adventure guy in a back to the future type vehicle. And I'm not saying reboot back to the future, but like Scott Mendelson always says, steal, don't remake, you know, don't, don't just, don't just remake back to the future. Come up with an idea that is in the same zone as a back to the future, Mm -hmm. you know, or or the nineties, blockbusters like your independence days like your jurassic parks you know again i'm not saying tom holland should star in a reboot of independence day or the next jurassic world sequels but find movies that have that type of feel for him to star in. Mm-hmm. you know like he can be the guy who does the movie star 90s blockbuster movies that will smith made his bones in yes you know, I, I really think they've got a shot with Tom Holland. Now, Clayton, I'm going to 
I'm going to read you something that might dampen a little bit of the enthusiasm we're feeling right now. Because right now we're riding high on uh, on Uncharted, going uh, bonkers at the box office, $51 million four day. We're talking about Tom Holland is possibly going to be this new movie star that gets all of this original IP greenlit. And I'm looking at Tom Holland's IMDb, and I'm looking at what he has in pre-production. And he has two things in pre-production. So one of them is promising, untitled Fred Astaire biopic. Yeah, I heard about that. And that's, so that is not at all in line with what we're saying he should be doing. But we know Tom Holland actually is a song and dance man. This is probably a uh, movie that he's really excited to make. This is his A Star is Born. You know, this is him maybe making something that could break out. People love him. They'll see this Fred Astaire movie. Maybe he gets an Oscar nom nom nom. Who knows? That's fine. But the thing that I'm seeing on his IMDb that really makes me nervous is he is the star of an Apple TV 10-episode streaming series called The Crowded Room. Yeah, he's. I think he's executive producing this. And here's the thing about that. He's the star. He is the star. And, and God bless streaming series or uh, you get movie stars nowadays or doing streaming. I get that. But you just hate to see an emerging movie star, someone who could be a generational put butts in the seats, theatrical movie star. He's not there yet, but he's on his way. I don't want to see that kind of person tied up on a streamer for too long. I want him back on the sets making sub two hour theatrical releases that could open to $50 million. That's what I want for Tom Holland. I don't want him on an Apple TV 10 episode series and I don't want him spending time promoting a 10 episode Apple TV series. I don't care if it's good or not. That doesn't, it matter. doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is that Tom Holland is going to be not spending his time making theatrical blockbusters in the vein of Uncharted. Here's the thing about that. And I understand why your misgivings and I understand your, I would say, frankly, your repulsion because I'm mm-hmm. repulsed by it. Mm-hmm. But it, it makes sense business wise because that's that is a, a place where certain people are going. Mm-hmm. And I think with the opening of this movie, the way it, it it's happening, he's going to move away from that in the future. But he had that as backup because he had no clue if Uncharted was going to be a success. Yeah. And so you need to have. Yeah. And plus, he's getting money as a producer on that show. It, it makes sense business. I, I get all that. And I get all that. But I, I wish that his management had and I, I get that you always line up the the next project before opening weekend because you never know what opening weekend's going to be but this is one where man I wish that he had his schedule cleared and then this movie opened to a 51 million dollar four day and on Monday he's just reading scripts for big theatrical blockbusters and on Tuesday he's on set filming something new He's filming a new theatrical release. I wish that I don't want him on set. I don't want him on set tomorrow working on the crowded room. Again, the series could be great. It could be the new succession. Who knows? 
No, but it's Apple Plus. Jeremy it's not Strong gonna is not going to be great. But Jeremy Strong is a, is a great actor, one of the best actors of our times. And he could be doing all the streaming shows because he's not a put-butts-in-the-seats movie star. Tom Holland is. And I want Tom Holland to have as much time as possible. Listen, he's got to eat. He's got to sleep. He's got to leave a little time for seeing friends, for, for romantic relationships, all that. But carve out that time and the rest of the time, got to be on set making 90s-style, Tom Cruise-style theatrical blockbuster. Well, that's the hope. And here's the thing is people got to go to the And th- work out, exercise, get your mind right, eat, eat, eat well, go to the doctor when you're sick, all that. He's got to work all that into his schedule. I get that. But- he shouldn't have acting in a streaming series in, in his schedule. Well, here's the thing. People have got to go to the theater in order to make that happen. And we're seeing mm-hmm. that they will. We're seeing that they will. That's the thing. It's like I, yep. I'm i not looking forward to it. I won't watch it. People will talk about it for uh, a, a day or a week, and then it'll be done. So you won't have to worry about it. Probably by the time that gets released, hopefully he's signed on to five other projects, and it's in his rear view. Yeah, and he's promoting yeah. it Fingers alongside crossed. with another big movie that he's doing, right? That's the yeah. hope. Yeah. And listen, the only reason that we are talking about something like the Crowded Room and Apple TV series, the only reason we're worked up about this is because of how well Uncharted did, what a success it was, and what a promising movie star we have here in Tom Holland. Now, I'm going to pivot to the other half of this two-hander for Uncharted, Mark Wahlberg. Uh Uh-huh. What do we think this does? You know, we talked a lot about last week how Mark Wahlberg really needs this. He needed Uncharted to work. He was at a a, a dangerous place in his career where, listen, Mark Wahlberg's never going to go broke, you know, unless he has gambling habits or whatever. I guess there's a way if anyone could go broke, but it would have been unlikely Mark Wahlberg's ever going to go broke. Maybe an E. Cola breakout at a Wahlburgers. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. It is a risky thing for him to be in the food service industry because it's low margins and there's a high risk of lawsuits. Look what happened to Chi-Chi's. A couple green onions killed that whole thing. Right. So, But chances are Wahlberg was never going to go broke, but he was at a pivotal point where his action movies were no longer working his peter berg movies were all flopping or going to streaming and he was on the precipice of becoming a guy who's just in family comedies with will ferrell and with will ferrell who i mean that's not the business you want to be in right now is 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 theatrical will ferrell movies um or Straight to streamers if he was going to do action. You know, he was about to to get nudged out of being on big budget, big screen action movies. What do we think Uncharted does for Wahlberg? You know, is Holland going to get all the juice out of this or is this a big win for, for Mark Wahlberg too? Uh, most of the headlines are about Tom Holland, as they should be. Mm-hmm. This, I think... For Wahlberg, he's breathing a sigh of relief. Yeah. Because if this was a disaster, then it's DEFCON 5. Yeah. This, I feel like, does not seem like it portends great success in the future. It more, I think it more keeps him 
going in a way that mm-hmm. is, okay, now I don't have to deal with this disaster. I, I, yeah. I'm on even ground to really figure out what I want to do next. Because yeah. this probably will get a sequel. He'll, pro- he'll definitely be in it. So he'll know, okay, I've got a franchise. That's mm-hmm. good. I'm second banana, but I have a franchise. This feels like a more of a stay of execution for him than anything. Now, as we said last episode, I think last episode is is a must listen to get context about all of these stars and these movies. But he is one of the most resilient people ever to be in show business. Mm -hmm. And just because where he came from and the things that he's done in his previous life. And right, started as an underwear model. Let's 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 just say it. Yeah, he started as an underwear model, and, and now he's now he's in now he's a, in a two hander that made fifty one million in a four day weekend at the box office. So you know, from A to B. Yeah, and so I feel like I can't count him out, but it but I don't think he's going to get the amount of juice from this that Holland will. No, no, but I think that yes, it writes the ship for Wahlberg for sure. He gets to walk up and down, you know, Rodeo Drive, drive around L.A., and people are going to be beeping the horn, yelling at him. Uncharted, 51 mil four day. Love it. You know, everyone's going to be beeping the horn, yelling the box office results at him. He's going to smile. He's going to wave. You know, maybe it gets old and he gets angry, but but most likely he's going to love it. He's going to lap it up. He's going to be soaking all that in. And I think it gives him you know i bet you you look at his imdb in a month and you're going to see some new projects that wouldn't have been there if uncharted opened up to a 17 million dollar 3 day 22 million dollar 4 day you know you're going to see i bet you know who i think is a sneaky beneficiary of uncharted opening huge peter berg Oh, I they think can't what, get back together. They need to. That's my big. They they I, need to stay away from each other unless it's a Spencer sequel on Netflix. No, I think that you're gonna see a Wahlberg Peter Berg action movie is gonna get greenlit to be a movie theater movie because no, that's a mistake. Of the heat, Wahlberg comes out. Listen, I'm not saying whether it's smart or not. But I think there's where Wahlberg gets the juice is that it was looking like the Wahlberg Peterberg movies were straight to streamers exclusive. And I bet you you're going to see one get a $40 million budget and be in a movie theater because he's hot enough coming off of this. That makes me think I'm I'm kind of offended for Mark Wahlberg here. That you think that he's a guy who's going to make that mistake. That kind of offends me vicariously. I think he loves his friends. You can love your friends, but you can also stop working with your friends when it's not good for your bottom line. And this guy is a businessman, okay? Listen, the Spencer Confidential movies, do those on Netflix where they're not privy to the whims of the box office. That was pretty successful for them. Yeah. Stick to those. I don't know. They are I, not going to go theatrical. Wahlberg would not allow that to happen. And if he does, he's learned nothing. I I, I think you're going to see a Wahlberg-Berg movie 
hit theaters because he he had such a big weekend with Uncharted. I think, though, long term, what this could also lead to for Mark Wahlberg is he's been a movie star for sure. I think it's undeniable he had a great movie star run. But this could be part of Mark Wahlberg segueing into having a great run as a value add. Mm-hmm. You know, you get a little longer in the tooth and, hey, I mean, Wahlberg, he looks great. He looks younger than he is. He's he's jacked to the gills, all that. But at some point, you have to, in anyone's life, go from being the movie star to the value add. And not everyone can make that transition. You know, I, I, I'll say this right now. I don't think Harrison Ford really ever made that transition from mm-hmm. movie star to value add. No. You know, and that's just the, the just came to me as one of the great examples of a great movie star who I don't think has really become a value add. No. And this could be that situation where Mark Wahlberg is going to make that transition from movie star to value add, which is uh, it's just a, a, it's a part of life. It's part of the cycle of life and, that we all go through. And he could still have a chance at a starring role. It would just be in a lower budgeted affair, and that's fine. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. You know, it's a it's a time where where Mark Wahlberg has got some decisions to make because yeah, maybe he does look at Uncharted, and the next thing he signs up for is. Let's team up with Peter Berg and let's get one of our Boston set like action movies in movie theaters. Let's get Patriots Day 2 going. You know, that that could be what he does next. Or he could look at the success he had with Uncharted and say, where is my next Sam Jackson type role Yes, where I get to be the value Where's add? my two-hander with somebody else? That yeah. I know will pretty much guarantee success. I think that's where he goes. I don't think he does the Berg thing. Yeah. But we'll see. We need to talk about the person I thought you were going to mention was the okay. actual director of this film, Ruben Fleischer. Yeah. Who started out pretty hot in 2009 with Zombieland, mm-hmm. which was a modest success, 75.5 domestic. Then he had a little mm-hmm. bit of a lull here where 2011, 30 minutes or less, open to 13, which is pretty crazy because that was a comedy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was an Aziz Ansari star that made $13 million opening weekend. So that's, you know, whatever that movie ends up doing, that's an overperforming opening weekend. But only made 37. And then Gangster mm-hmm. Squad, remember this film, 2013, yeah, that, 46. That was rough million domestic opened at 17 here's where it got big though 2018 Mm -hmm. venom 80 Mm -hmm. million dollar opening domestic 213 worldwide almost 900 million Mm -hmm. but famously contentious set with tom hardy grabbing the reins he grabbed the reins Mm -hmm. away from Ruben Fleischer, and Ruben Fleischer did not direct the second film, Let There Be Carnage. Nope. But he gets another shot at Zombieland, Zombieland Double Tap 2019, 
opens to 26.8, Mm 73.1 domestic. Pretty, pretty. That's a success. A success for something that, you know, the the first movie had come out 10 years prior. And now he's Mm -hmm. got Uncharted. Of course, we know what it opened to. Doing really well worldwide. I mean, it's doing decently worldwide. But Ruben Fleischer, this is going to give him that. Because when you look at his movies, other than Venom, before Uncharted, they were all original films. Now, 30 Minutes or Less, mm-hmm. I think, was based on a, a a true crime. And I think Gangster Squad okay. possibly was something, but not well known, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So this is a guy that might be moving up to a point where he can do his own thing, where he can have his kind of free guy-esque movie that is a step above Zombieland. Well, I I mean, I think uh, Ruben Fleischer clearly is in the good graces of Sony. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at his career, Zombieland was the breakout, and that's a Sony movie. Then some stumbles, but then he makes Venom for Sony in 2017. And even though he didn't uh, get along well with the star, Tom Hardy, it's clear t- Sony was not anti Ruben Fleischer because they greenlight Zombieland for him, uh, Zombieland Double Tap, which was clearly a movie him and the cast wanted to make. You know, that yes. was almost a one for him after he delivered them Venom. And then Sony puts him uh, at the helm of Uncharted, and this is a huge hit. So he has got a really good relationship with the studio, and he's it's a great studio to have that type of relationship with because Sony is purely in the business of putting out theatrical movies. You know, Sony does not have a streamer. They're not doing the day and date thing like Universal does with Peacock that Warner Brothers did all last year with HBO Max that, you know, Paramount really hasn't done very much of with with Paramount Plus, but they've done it a few times. But Sony is, we make movies for movie theaters. So for a director like Ruben Fleischer, who does big, you know, star-driven, old-fashioned blockbuster movies, Sony is a great place to to be uh to be sort of the favored son at mm-hmm. he's in a good spot he's in a good spot right now yeah and so I think he's a big beneficiary of this success mm-hmm so yeah so before we move on to the the number two movie I just want to quickly while we're still on the Sony thing I just want to real quick touch on this memo you know speaking of Sony. The uh, the head of Sony, is it Tom Rothman? Uh, yes, yeah, CEO Tom Rothman. He just put out a memo, company-wide email after the opening weekend. And, you know, first off, we got to give Sony credit. This is a bunch of hits in a row. You know, they did Spider-Man No Way Home. They had Ghostbusters Afterlife. They had Venom Let There Be Carnage. You know, so since the fall, they have been knocking it out of the park. And the big thing that I'll take out of Tom Rothman's email to the company is that they are very much behind theatrical movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, just want to, we persevered. He's talking about completing uncharted, even though it was shut down by COVID 
We persevere to complete a picture the audience loves and market and distribute it with strategic verve. Uh, doo -doo -doo. Let's get past that. Uh, okay, so here's the here's the big one. On the heels of Venom, Let There Be Carnage, Ghostbusters Afterlife, Spider-Man No Way Home, Uncharted is yet another blow to the theatrical naysayers and further proof to the efficacy of our model. And that model, of course, being releasing movies in movie theater. So Sony is out there just thumbing their, their putting their thumbs in the eyes of anyone who says that the theatrical model is dead. It is not. It is clearly alive and well. And you love to see naysayers, you know, get get theirs. Well, it's so easy to be a naysayer. It's mm -hmm. the easiest mm -hmm. thing that anybody can be is the person who says nay. Yep. Yep. Horses do that. So it basically means, okay, good. You're, you're, you're as smart as a horse. And horses are great for what they're great for. Right. Right. But I don't want right. them but making. Not, not, not movie criticism. Exactly. Yeah. So this is a perfect segue into dog. Yes, and, horses flow right into dogs. Well, no, breed. that and also because we got a great email from wannabeo boy Reed. Okay. And he mentioned that he was between seeing the film Dog mm -hmm. and Death on the Nile this weekend. Okay. And his decision as of two days ago when he emailed us, was to see Dog. And the reason is because he does not believe, since it's an MGM release, that Dog is going to be streaming anytime soon. Mm -hmm. But he knows Death on the Nile is going to be Blink and on Hulu. And so, the and obviously, he's a wannabe old boy. He's mm -hmm. more well-versed. Yes, he's plugged in, and he, and he doesn't tune and out. And he thinks about these things, and he understands these things, and he's understood these things for a while now. Mm. But I do think what it brings to, to the table is that I think that regular moviegoers are starting mm -hmm. to pick up on the patterns, the ones that we've seen laid down, the ones that we've talked about. And they're thinking that similar way. And even maybe if not, maybe not even consciously, but they're thinking, I'm going to go see this movie. This movie is a priority for me because this feels like I won't be able to see it at home for a while. But this mm -hmm. other movie, I mm -hmm. will. And I think that's the thing that like before we were talking about how being available day and date really didn't matter all that much. And then we realized, well, it only matters in the weekends after the opening weekend. And mm -hmm. now we're th the, the window shortening does affect people's viewing habits because they're going to think, do I wait 17 days to see Death on the Nile? Right. I can do that. But dog, who knows? It could be a couple months. I want to see this now. So it is, there is a benefit now to these companies that are only releasing these things theatrically. Right, now, I right. do think 45 days is still the window it should be. I don't think we should go back to 90 here. But 17 no, days no. isn't 45 days, right? 17 days is a quick turnaround. And even 
you know, even if it's 30 days, that's a quicker turnaround. And I think people will take that into account. I mean, I think that it's 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 not crying wolf, but but for the studios like Warner Brothers, which have done releases day and date or quickly thereafter or like Disney, which everyone knows has Disney Plus, has Hulu, you know, or Universal, which has put so much on Peacock, either day and date or right afterwards, that for the studios like Sony and for MGM, where people know these are definitely not going to be on streamer anytime soon, it does light a fire under your ass. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it lets you say, I'm, I'm going to have to see this in the movie theater. And you do wonder if psychologically... This is going to be something that Warner Brothers has to deal with for a long time. Yeah. You know, because they said that the day and date on HBO Max was only for 2021. And 2022, they would put their movies out in movie theaters and it would go on HBO Max whenever. You, you, you They didn't say when. And you figure it's not going to matter for something like The Batman. Yes. But... It is going to be interesting to see if your garden variety Warner Brothers releases suffer a little bit because of what they did in 2021, where people are just going to sit there, their hands behind their backs, and they're going to say, they'll put it on HBO soon. That's what they do. You know, they look at Warner Brothers and they say, that's what they do. They put stuff on HBO Max. And it might affect like it did for Reed, it might affect whether or not they'll go see something in its third or fourth weekend. Because if you've waited that long, why not wait a little bit more? It's obviously Even not a priority eat... for you. Right, right. And, you know, Reed, again, is someone who is a wannabe old boy. He knows about as much about the business as anyone possibly can because he listens to us. And that's not the case for everyone on the planet, huh? Huh. We get it. Not every single person alive listens to the B.O. Boys, huh? Uh-huh. But a lot of people do. And every week, more and more join the the fray. And it's not just the people who listen. It's the people who know someone who listens. You know, so someone like Reed, maybe he has friends who aren't want to be old boys, want to be old girls, want to be old people. But they know Reed, and they're going to be the ones who say, yeah, I think I'm going to go see Death on the Nile this weekend. I think I like, uh, I'm looking forward to that a little bit more than Dog. And then Reed's the one who looks him dead in the eye and says, Death on the Nile is going to be on Hulu soon. And they're going to say, wait, really? How do you know that? And he's like, trust me. Yeah. I know what studio releases it. It's going to be on Hulu. And then that person... Who maybe they're not they're not someone who's who's reading up on the biz and listening on the biz, but they know Reed, and because they know Reed, they went to go see Dog. Yeah, and they wait for Death on the Nile to be on Hulu. So let's talk about the actual film and yes. the actual success yes. of it. So eighteen million four day, fifteen three day. Interesting demos here. 55% female. Wow. 
69% over 25, 47% over 35, 32% over 45. This is the demo that was staying away. And you know what brought them back? Channing Tatum. Yeah. A star. Yeah. A guy who brings in the guys and the gals. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, this this is... Such a reaffirmation of Channing Tatum being a movie star. And this is the... You know, it's not about how... You know, it's not about Dog, you know, making as much as Uncharted, because obviously he didn't. But the $15 million three-day, $18 million four-day of Dog is, to me, in some ways, just as impressive for what it says about Channing Tatum as Uncharted's... Uh, opening weekend is for Tom Holland. Yeah, because this is a modest budget. This is not a movie that, like you said, was supposed to do Uncharted. No, money. no. And the budget is fifteen million on Dog. This is a a pretty small movie that's going to really make a lot of profit when it's done. And here's another myth we have to bust. And we again mm-hmm. talked about this last episode. Yes, did Channing Tatum have movies that underperformed? He did, but those movies were movies that he wanted to do because, like we said, he wanted to work with the Wachowski, the Wachowskis. That movie didn't mm-hmm. do well, but Wachowski movies don't do well. He did... Yes, not even Matrix movies do well for them anymore. Exactly. Nothing does. They do... He does a Magic Mike XXL. It's not a huge blockbuster. Somehow, it, that movie needed to make $300 million for people to say it was a success. Did it underperform? Yes. Were people maybe... I don't want to say sick of him, but he didn't have the luster that he used to have or he didn't have the immediacy of a new star. So what did he do? He had to go away for personal issues, too. I think he had a divorce that probably sidetracked him. He stepped away a little bit, but he never was at a point where it was like, this guy is unhirable. This guy is not a star anymore. He went. No, th- not even close. He went through that phase that most stars go through, you know. People people like to forget Julia Roberts had had that kind of swoon there with mm-hmm. Mary Riley, things like that. Now, that ended up being a lot shorter than everybody remembers it being. But still, this happens with stars. The fact that it happened means that he's a star. And the fact that this movie brought him back when he decided to come back and it's a success makes him a star that people always wanted. It, it does come and go a little bit. It does waver. But the people who last are able to weather that storm and come back stronger than ever. Yeah. I mean, I think he did a really great job when he pulled back for those couple of years to still pop into things that made people remember how much they like him. Mm-hmm. You know, he did his cameo in Hateful Eight which was, like you said, he wanted to work with Tarantino, but he just did that one scene and reminded people, oh, yeah, Channing Tatum. He did similarly in the Kingsman uh, sequel, Kingsman 2, Kingsman Golden Circle, which made $100 million domestic. That movie was a hit, and he had a small part in that well, you know and what reminded the com- people, oh, yeah. You know what the complaint about that was? Not enough, Not enough. Channing Tatum. Yeah. And he did his Lego Movie 2 voice, and remember, he had a 
very well-received cameo just this past summer in Free Guy, which was one of the biggest overperforming hits of the mm-hmm. year. You know, and Channing Tatum's in that, which was such a master stroke because it just gave people just enough and reminded them, we love this guy. We love Channing Tatum. And just quickly back to Magic Mike XXL, that movie did 66 million domestic. It was a male stripper comedy. If the first Magic Mike had done $66 million domestic, it would have been so overperforming what people's expectations were. The only reason Magic Mike XXL is looked at at all as a little bit of an underperformer is just because the first one made $113 million domestic, which was absurd. And so, yeah. And here's the thing all to say, Channing Tatum has really not had a true down period because he just took some time off and he came back with dog. And these demos that you talked about really show where his star power is because he got the oldies to come out, the oldsters to come out and he got the, the female oldsters to come out, which is the demo that we thought maybe we feared possibly had left forever mm-hmm. and they did not they came back for Channing Tatum yeah I mean th- this is it's gonna be big for his next film with Sandra Bullock and yeah. I know we don't want to look forward to that too much but it's it's gonna like we've said before it's gonna be such a huge test of whether those kind of films can still do Baffa Bobo and mm-hmm. I'm thinking it's gonna do Baffa Bobo just from this. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think that dog being a success and dog being something that people like is only going to help the opening weekend of The Lost City. You know, he is now in such a good spot. He's getting so much positive buzz and he's gotten these women to come out, these oldsters to come out a month before the big one opens. So it's like he's retrained these 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 old ladies, these oldsters, these women. He's retrained them how to go to the movie theater. And th- this was such a, I don't know if this was something he, he was part of his master plan, having Dog come out a month before The Lost City, but it's worked out perfectly because he's basically, much like you do with a dog, he has train this dog for the behavior that he wants the dog to have. Mm-hmm. But instead of a dog, he's trained his oldster female audience. Be, be very I would just and, I would just warn you to be very careful with that comparison. And I am only saying it in a positive way. In a positive okay. way. Just that that this was this was an audience that maybe was not excited about going to the movies and with this movie, he trained them. Here's in the movie theater is. Here's how you get to the movie theater, and actually, it's an experience that you like. He 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 used this movie to get them ready for. I think what's going to be the bigger one, the Lost City. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, he should. That's all he, positive. He, Very positive. It was positive reinforcement with Dog, because they went to see it. They liked it, and then you know, it wasn't negative reinforcement. He wasn't he wasn't uh, using a, a, a choke collar or, or anything rolled like up that. newspaper. Using... Or... Yeah, no, no, 
it was positive reinforcement because the audience who went to see Dog, they came out of it liking the experience. And now they're ready to go back in a month when Channing Tatum is going to be back with the Lost City. And he also directed this film. Yes. Good for him. Yeah. I mean, just looking at Dog, opening weekend, 18 million, four day. I mean, this is a movie that has a chance of getting to like $40 million, 50, maybe even 50. Who knows? But for a $15 million budgeted guy in a dog hanging out movie if this gets to 40 or 50 million that's incredible mm-hmm. um and you gotta you know we touched on it before you gotta give up you know we we talked about this last week that it wasn't just pairing him with a dog but they were pairing him with a military dog and Anthony D. Alessandro on deadline he he's going through the marketing campaigns for these movies and this movie, Dog, they really leaned into promoting it to veterans. They were showing it on army bases. They were uh, using social media that gets itself out to not just people in the army, but people who are inclined to uh, uh, like the army itself and be fans of the army. And that definitely has helped. You know, because I think that audience came out in a big way. The other thing about this film is that I'm seeing here on Deadline that a lot of people came to see this movie before 7 p.m. This is the early bird crowd. And this is something people don't think about a lot, is that when you have a movie that's demo is older, they're most likely going to see a movie earlier than the youngsters because the younger mm-hmm, the youngsters mm-hmm. want to be out late. They want to go crazy. They right. they 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 like staying up late. The oldsters mm-hmm. want to be done with the movie, have dinner, be in bed. Yep. And so when you have movies that can be big at different times during the day, that brings in more money to the box office, but also does not get you stuck with a situation where the theater seems so crowded that you are feeling overwhelmed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so it's good mm-hmm. when you have something like Dog where some the dog, yeah, there's people who are seeing Dog at, at 11 o'clock at night or midnight. Definitely there's those people. But the bulk of the audience is coming earlier right before that crowd for uncharted comes in and that's great mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that's the kind of thing when you're a theater owner you want to think about which i don't even know if they yep. do yeah yeah dog dog is that dog and uncharted combo when you throw spider-man into the mix it, it's letting these theaters be busy at all times which is good for the pimply-faced teenage uh, uh, movie theater uh, staff because that means that the theater is going to keep them on shift all day. You know, they could could clean up the mess after Dog and they could uh, clean up the mess after Uncharted and they get a full day's work, which is nice for these pimply-faced teenagers, ushers, and old people who are, you know, their family doesn't take care of them and they have to work in the movie theater. But it's nice now they get a full day's work because people are going to the movie 
all day. Mm-hmm. So it's good. It's good for business all around. I mean, this was just a great weekend for business at the movie theaters. It was a great weekend for movie stars because Channing Tatum, Tom Holland, Mark Wahlberg all are in so much better of a spot today than they were on Friday. It really portends to great things coming up because I think, like we said, dog is a great sign for what the Channing Tatum, Sandra Bullock, the Lost City might do at the end of March. Um, and it's it's it is great to see that the oldsters and the female audience came out big for something because you you need everyone back in the mix. You, you as much as youngsters and teenagers and young men maybe have carried us through this this past year at the box office you got to have everyone you got to have a big tent when it comes to the movie theater audience and we needed the oldsters back we needed the ladies back the old ladies they had to come back yep and you know, thank you, Channing Tatum, for bringing it back. And thank you, this dog. Thank you for your service, military dog. You know, I'm sure you this dog did great things overseas. Um, but the fact that this dog helped bring the oldsters in, helped bring the, the old ladies in, I, I think that may be its its greatest accomplishment. Now, do we have anything else in this top ten? I mean, there was a there was a horror movie, The Cursed, which did make the top ten. I, I don't um, think that matters. Now, I, the one thing I'll say about that: this movie, The Cursed, made one point seven million in its weekend. This movie got no promotion, and it still made one point seven million. Which I think, if anything, it just shows. People like going to the movies. And it, you know, this movie got zero promotion out there. It's from LD Entertainment, which I don't even want to look into what that stands for. And it only opened on, I think, 1,600, a little bit over 1,600 screens. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's you know, it, it just shows people go to the movies. I mean, Jackass Forever came in number five, and now it's up to... What forty-seven million total domestic? Mm-hmm. So Jackass is gonna get over fifty, which is huge for that movie. And uh, Five Cream Scream Five is at seventy-seven million total, which means that movie is gonna get over eighty yep. million dollars domestic, which is huge for that. I mean, that that is I think a, a huge overperformer. So Paramount is doing great. With its releases, Sony is doing great with its releases. I mean, I think right now it's it's Universal and Warner Brothers are the ones who really got something to prove, because they've kind of been getting their lunch eaten by Sony and Paramount those last couple of months. Now let's look forward. I don't think there's really much okay. to talk about here. No wide release of Cyrano which seems to have stalled on the awards circuit. So it's really going to be a non-starter, it feels like. If this movie would have gotten a lot of Oscar nom-nom-noms, then we'd be talking about this as something that could make some waves, but I don't think it's going to do much. I mean, this is a terrible release strategy, and I think the way they released 
this movie is the reason it just got totally blanked for Oscar nom nom noms. This movie needed to have a wide release at some point last year. Mm-hmm. If Peter Dinklage was going to have any chance of getting a best actor nom nom nom. Uh, I mean, this movie is in such a complete Bermuda Triangle, no man's land of it was officially a 2021 release because they put it out in a couple of theaters to qualify for nom nom noms. And it's coming out now mm-hmm. and it already has no chance at nom nom noms. It's it's just the the perfect uh, uh, lost movie situation. These awards so, movies th- this this year, their release schedules have been so weird and screwed up. And it it had a yeah. lot to do with Omicron and being worried about that. And it just was. It just seems to be a big mess. Yeah, and also, it it didn't even come out on Valentine's weekend. Why? Hold this movie till the end of February. It's a love story. But also release it two weeks after Valentine's. Release it on Valentine's weekend uh, up against Marry Me. I mean, it's it's crazy. MGM screwed the pooch. I mean, I don't know. What Does it feel like Cyrano does anything this weekend? Is it supposed to make $1 million, $2 million? Is that I, even possible? I, I can't see any. I don't see a theater count, and I don't know. There's no tracking for it that I can find. So, yeah. The other the other film is the Foo Fighters horror film Studio Six Six Six, which it's it's been a I've seen the previews for this film before some movies. Mm-hmm. So it's out there now. It's wide release. I'm thinking this is a thousand theaters, twelve hundred theaters, maybe. But wanna be oh boy, Austin. Okay. He's he's being a little bit bullish on it. We got an email from him, another one of his great emails, and he he thinks maybe 4 mil for this movie. Now, he said he might be going crazy here and drinking the right, Kool-Aid. Right. But right. you know, Austin's plugged in. He looks at this stuff. He's a guy who has been accurate before when it comes to uh other movies. I'm not going to just I'm not going to throw that to the side and think that that's not possible. I just it just depends on how many theaters and how limited of a run this is where you where it's like you have to go this weekend. I don't think it's that. And I'll I'll tell you, I think this actually may be in more movie theaters than we're giving it credit for, because I'm just looking. And again, this is just New York. Um, and New York is always going to have more of everything than anywhere else because greatest city in the world and all that. But it is playing in a lot of movie theaters here in New York. Mm-hmm. Like it, it looks like it is getting a pretty wide release. I mean, I'm seeing multiple AMCs and Regals across Manhattan. You know, one, two, three, four, five, six. It, it's I mean, it's playing at almost every AMC in Manhattan, several in in Brooklyn, and obviously we have a worldwide audience, but they know what all these things are. These are the most important places in the world. And so this, to me, feels like, is this getting a two or 3,000 theater release? I mean, just based on New York, it looks that way because it is playing at the two major chains in all of their major movie theaters. And you've got Dave Grohl... 
I'm seeing a lot of interviews with him. I mean, he's going heavy into promoting this. This doesn't feel like something the Foo Fighters did and then are embarrassed about or forget about. Like, they are really trying to make this happen. And they seem to be proud of it. And Dave Grohl is one of those rock stars who has... I think persevered across the generations and maybe is in that forever famous status. And so he's getting a lot of press for it, which is all to say, plus it's horror. And, and that's the, you know, the genre that really is, has done well uh, and, and, in the and last year. And there's nothing else right now other than cursed, the cursed and people did not like that. If no, a, no. if a if a, a million dollars worth of theater goers went and saw the curse this past weekend, yeah, why can't exactly. a, a spoof horror with a famous band that does really well with the with the stacks dwellers, why can't that make three to four million dollars? Yeah, I mean that's exactly it. The curse made one point seven million dollars in sixteen hundred theaters. I already feel like Studio 666 is going to get a wider release than that. Dave Grohl is a bigger star getting more press than anyone in The Cursed. I think it does double what The Cursed did, at least. And you know what? I'll meet Austin. I'll say Studio 666 does $4 million this weekend. Well, then what does this say for I your— I think it's possible. What does this say for your top five, then? Do your top five. All right. Top five is— Uncharted number one and you know Uncharted let's see if it does 25 million in its second weekend I think that's doable that'd be great you know maybe or or or, or low 20 so Uncharted one dog two um Spider-Man No Way Home three and then I think number four is gonna be Studio 666 starring the Foo Fighters wow they get and a top five, five movie yeah, I think I think so because Death on the Nile came in number 4 at 6.5 million. That is really going to start to drop like a stone, especially as word keeps getting out that it'll probably be on streaming soon. So I think Studio 666 at number 4 making 4 million. And then I think number 5 is going to hold with Jackass forever. I think Death on the Nile drops out of the top five, past Jackass. So you don't think yeah. Cyrano could slide in here in the no, top No, because I think Studio 666 is going to make $4 million at number four. And then I think number five will be Jackass probably at around $3 million, And I think Cyrano is going to make less than three. Yeah. So I don't see Cyrano in the top five. I mean, I think you're going to have a top five that has uh, uh, Mark Wahlberg, a dog, Spider-Man, the Foo Fighters, and and uh, Party Boy Chris Pontius. I think those are those are the big stars of your top five this coming weekend. I okay, so I'm going to go top three the same as you: Uncharted number one, mm. Dog number two, Spider-Man No Way Home number three. Where I'm going to change it up and not change it up is I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to say 
Death on the Nile holds better than you're expecting. So I'm going to say that's still at four. Okay. And I'm going to say that I just can't put Studio 666 in there. Really? I'm going to say this stays as is. Jackass Forever number five. And and if anything, I will agree with you. I think Jackass could overtake Death on the Nile. I just don't see Studio 666 making over two. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, it's it's horror comedy, not straight horror. Yeah. And pure horror is, is more of a sure thing than horror comedy. Horror comedy... Is iffy, but you have your zombie lands that do break out. You have your Shaun of the Dead. So I don't remember if that was a box office hit, but it does happen once in a while. And uh, we'll see. I mean, this is such an interesting, bizarre movie because it is a, uh, you know, a aging rock band as the lead mm-hmm. in a movie, which you there's not a lot of examples of that that I can think of. Maybe next week. When Studio Six 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 opens, we'll we'll see where it ranks within that genre. Um, but there's not a lot of that. This is definitely a unique type of movie to have in the movie theaters. Yeah, I'm glad it's in theaters. I'm glad it's not just something that's on Apple Plus, you mm-hmm. know, or or, or Paramount Plus movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 curious to see what it does. It's, I mean, listen, the Foo Fighters have been around for a long time, and I I think that they're pretty well liked by people of all stripes. You know, like you said, they are their music of the stacks of the Plain Billies of uh, definitely of the Earth Dogs, but they're also their music that the coastal elite doesn't thumb their nose at. Uh, they you do know, though. They, uh, they do. Like uh, you're not going to get a lot of young hip people going to see this movie. Yeah. Uh, the coast. We'll I don't think the coasts will be strong for this. I think this will over index in maybe the South and the middle of the country. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm predicting big numbers in Pittsburgh. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm trying to tap we'll back say, into maybe, that past that that past life, and I could see that. Yeah, so we'll see. But the main thing to take away is the movies are back. Box office is very healthy right now, mm-hmm. and uh, things are things are looking good as we head into the spring movie season. So very exciting times here on the BO boys email us the BO boys podcast at gmail.com. I mean, you, you heard it just this episode. If, if we get good, interesting emails with insights from people like Reed, from people like Austin, from people like you, we will talk about them on air. Mm-hmm. So email us the BO boys podcast at gmail.com. And Pat, I don't think there's anything left to say, but until next nope. time, Will we'll smell, smell you, you at, at the, the bar. bar.